Hey everybody, this is So Many Sequels, your book club for movies. I'm Josh. And I'm David. This week on the show, we're talking about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, a movie that one letterbox reviewer called one of the most overwhelming experiences of their life. We also take a quick look back at Shazam! Fury of the Gods, and we talk a little bit more about our favorite uh, movie app, Letterboxd. Yes, you should follow us there. We've got all that and more on this week's show. Be sure to check us out online at somanysequels.com where you can get links to our social media, especially our Patreon. If you sign up there, you can get access to our Discord and talk with us about movies uh, whenever you want. So go do that again at somanysequels.com. Without any further ado, enjoy our review of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. So, I'm looking, I'm looking at your letterboxed here, and I see you gave a two and a half star review to Shazam: Fury of the Gods. That's true. But you, but you did not leave any words, no review. I didn't. No. Well, I typed one. Did you? Hang on. Maybe you didn't sit. Did it get saved? saved? I was gonna say this oh, is. Oh yeah, your... yeah. See, I got a whole review here. Oh, what in the world am I looking at then? Did I accidentally review it twice? I don't know if I did. Oh. Well, dang. Yeah, click on my profile. Is it? Is, you you show me on my letterbox profile. There's nothing there. Go to my because it should be on, it should be uh in my top top things there. Well, um, well, this is interesting. Huh. Okay. So when I click on your activity feed, it mm. shows it. When I click on your film diary, it just has the stars for some reason. So, you know, well, Letterbox, we love it. And, uh, you know, the, it's the, it's the connection between people. I feel like where Letterbox needs to, to, needs to, needs to beef up a little bit. I, I don't disagree. I, I totally agree. Um, cause I love the commenting aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, you know, I follow a bunch of people on there. I don't know for real, mm-hmm. but uh if i see a review in my feed that one of them wrote and i like it i'll i'll throw in a comment sometimes just to yeah just to spice up the conversation i don't know i've tried but the difficulty in therein lies is that you can't reply within the comments to anybody directly so like it's just one big thread of comments right and so like conversations if, if you have a big one if you find one that like a lot of people have commented on it's just random comments responding to each other but you can't tell who's responding to what so love letterbox love the whole review system but mm-hmm. the interactivity between users i feel is like the next place they need to like invest because yeah you can be friends with somebody on there and you can see their reviews sometimes but i don't know the, the ability to interact with the with, with your friends is hopefully is someday they can uh yeah kind of put some more attention into the social aspects because that's true one thing i would like to do is i wish that i could make lists of friends uh, so I yes. have a list of people I know in real life and then lists of just, you know, friendly internet yeah. fellows. Because you could have like, you could have like, um, critics from like your top, your favorite, your favorite, you know, news sources, mm-hmm. and then you'd have friends or you could have like randoms, you know, you could have a, you know, you could have a, a so many sequels exclusive list. Do you want to know my review of Shazam 2? I, I was curious. That's why I was asking, because I was going to get you to just tell me your review, but now I see that you did write it, so... But yeah, I want to hear because I've not seen I've not seen it yet. Oh, you haven't seen it yet. I've still not gotten around to watching it. It's on Max. Yeah, launch title for Max. It's on your dog. Max has the whole thing. If you get it from, Um, he loves it. My my review. I'll give it real quickly. While before we move on to other superhero fare. Yeah, is that um, I didn't think it was as good as the first one. Okay. Um. Uh, uh, what I wrote here was there's a lot of talented young people in Shazam Fury of the Gods and I wish mm-hmm. they had gotten a chance to do more mm-hmm. um, it is you know the adult versions more often and that's generally I mean like you know I like a lot of them but uh, just you know uh, I heard some troubling things and I'll have to look more into it but I think Jack Dylan Grazer is a future 
like megastar. Like I think he's so funny. Like he should be. Uh, I, I really, really enjoyed him in the first one, and there yeah. were a couple other things I've seen him in that I enjoyed. But yeah. if he's, oh no, if he's causing problems, I didn't know that either. I don't know. That's the thing is my wife told me, and I tried to do some research on it, but I couldn't find anything directly. So I don't know. Uh, if, I don't know what the. I don't know what if that's just like Jack. Twitter gossip or something. But he was one of the highlights, honestly. Like that, he, you know. Um, and then Rachel Zegler was also really good. Mm, she's great. Um, but uh, I was mostly just bored for the first mm, half of it. That's a crime. I was just bored. It's Second half crime. picks up a little bit. Um, but then uh, the resolution, like you know, pretty much everything after the big, the big climactic moment, just got really muddy and weird and desperate feeling. And I don't know. It just, it, it wasn't. It wasn't like I said. I gave it two and a half. It wasn't like so awful that like there was nothing redeeming about it but uh i'm only comparing it so my my wife said like oh it's better than a lot of the other stuff that D the dc has put out and i said i'm not even thinking about that i'm just thinking about the first the first shazam, first movie shazam because yeah that first shazam movie was i thought really solid and was was unique and stood out in its own little way and so i'm comparing it just to that and it was a bit of a letdown from that from that Shazam film. It was a little lackluster comparatively in my, in my opinion. Now, I don't know. Some people may agree with me. Some people may not. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We'll see. You want um, to read my full letterbox review? You, you can find me on letterbox. Yeah. At David Brock SMS. Go find both of us uh, on letterbox because uh, we, we, we post a lot about, the, well, I, I say a lot. We don't post a lot actually, um, but we post every now and then about the movies we're watching that we don't talk about on the show. So that's a fun way to connect with people is on Letterboxd. It's only movies. If you still don't know much about it, it's a social media network with that's only about movies. Uh, well, and some, you know, they, there's controversy because they let some TV in there too, but yeah, some, some but mostly some, movies, some TV movies. There's a couple of shows, mini series, mini -series yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Uh, but let's go ahead and switch gears into the big topic today, yeah. um, which is Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse the sequel to 2018 Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, um, the Oscar-winning film that year, uh, Best Animated Picture, mm -hmm. which was a big win for Sony and for uh, Spider-Man, Marvel. For Spider-Man in general, yeah. Uh, so I'm going to read the letterbox um, little synopsis of Across the Spider-Verse to make sure I don't accidentally say a spoiler because <laughs> okay, I know that their good. version will be written well. That's smart. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. After reuniting with Gwen Stacy, Miles Morales, Brooklyn's full-time friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, is catapulted across the multiverse where he encounters a team of Spider-People charged with protecting its very existence. But when the heroes clash on how to handle a new threat, Miles finds himself pitted against the other spiders and must redefine what it means to be a hero so he can save the people he loves most. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Not bad. We've both seen it. We're going to avoid spoilers, at least for now. We'll be, as usual, we will warn you. Gut reaction, first reaction. I think we both saw it yesterday as of this recording, so it's still pretty fresh. I was really blown away by it. And I knew it, like, I thought it would be good. But I really like it. I, I'll just say it up front. I think it was better than the first one. And the first one was an extremely high bar. Mm -hmm. And But I really thought it ratcheted up the story. It it brought new depth to the characters we already knew. It introduced new spider people that now we can know and love. And like I said, it raised the stakes and just did some really cool stuff. So I think it has it's it's a franchise that's still improving. Loved it. Um, I loved it as well. Um, I don't know if I would put it above the first one at this stage. This okay. stage, I really okay. it's fair. I, and I and I I think this may be controversial, but I think I I'm going to have to wait to make a full decision on that until after the third one comes. Oh, out. you're we, gonna be that guy. I think I think we do know that there is going to be a a third part of this story, right? Beyond the Spider Verse coming in March of 2024, mm -hmm. and um. Because, you know, anytime you have a, a movie that is clearly the middle movie, 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's always that element of like, well, the resolution, you know, is kind right. of like, you know, what is it, what is it going to mean? So right now, and I, I, and we'll get into this more later, but I do think that despite the fact that there are, what was it? Five spider people in the first one, it was a slightly, it was more intimate at times. That first Spider-Man, that first yes. end of the Spider-Verse. Um, yes. And this one is is bigger. Everything's bigger. Sprawling, more story. Um, mm-hmm. It has its intimate moments. I'm not going to pretend that it doesn't. No, it but, does. Um, you know, it's just everything is blown out and and, and expanded in cool ways. Um, uh, one of the first things I'd, I'd like to talk about a little bit uh, is just the visual style of the entire thing. And yeah. um, that, that was what blew me away the most was... Mm-hmm how they didn't just create different spider people their specific universes had unique style to them so like mm-hmm. everybody's universe everybody's dimension had its Looked own different. vibe its own yeah. feeling yeah and and so that it, it i was really good and uh i think it is a worthy follow-up to into the spider-verse which i also um really like and i, I loved it more upon follow-up viewings the first time i watched it, i was like that was good and then the second time i was like that was really good and then the third time, I was like, that was great. You know? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It's same for me with Into the Spider-Verse. It also improved upon repeat viewings. I mean, I also came out of it loving it, but I just appreciate it more each time I see it. I think because of the level of detail that's involved. And a lot of that includes the animation style, like we're talking about now. Um, the detail down to the universe is where you can tell what universe they're in just by what the world looks like, you know? I don't, I'm not going to pretend to remember all the earth numbers, but, um, um, Gwen's, uh, Spider-Woman's universe had a, like, ethereal, uh, kind of watercolor like, um, but it was like It was like neon watercolor. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. Miles has the most normal looking universe for our eyes. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. And, you know, they... I feel like this is a thing for multiverse movies now, since we're in a weird trend of them. There's always a montage of like someone traveling through a bunch of multiverses and seeing how mm-hmm. different they are. And I won't list them here for people who want to enjoy it for the first time, but you're going to see that too. So you get to see a lot more animation styles than you probably expect. And that's just really cool to see. And I think that this is probably, uh, you know, it's going to be a shoe in for the Oscar nomination again because of the animation oh uh, yes yes absolutely um you know and i I don't know what um sometimes uh, i was literally visually overwhelmed i was like oh my goodness definitely definitely like because it was so in a good way there was um it's so fast-paced um that it it, you know things happen especially with action there is like action that's faster than you can process it mm-hmm. see you know so there's definitely one another one of those times where it's going to be really good on repeat um you know uh uh i don't know I, I, we haven't gotten into spoilers yet but I yeah know, like, not, try to hold it in still as i mean i think it is no spoiler the trailers have revealed this that there are a lot of spider, spider oh yeah we know that yeah so one of those characters has had a lot of uh a lot of a lot of showing um in like trailers and stuff and that is um uh, 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 for lack of a better word, we'll say Spider-Man India, who I'm trying to find in. Was he in the trailers? Yeah, I think. I guess yeah. I missed him because I I was I thought he was a really fun one. Yeah, Pavitar, you know, Pavitar Spider-Man India. Parker. He's in it from an alternate universe, Mumbatton, and uh-huh. yeah, uh, his um, his the art style of his universe is just so crazy. Like, um, I think on artistic merit alone, this movie is visually more adventurous than a lot of other animated films will be this year. And that's not to say that others yes. will be technically impressive. Yes. Right. You know, uh, looking forward down the line, you know, looking forward down the line, you know, uh, Pixar's elemental is, it has experimentally in terms of experimentation, a completely new thing where their characters aren't, they, they don't have like a rigid skeleton. So even in this right. movie, they're like, you know, animation skeletons that these things are based on. And they're like bypassing that to create something new, but you know everything else i think is going to be pretty standard backgrounds this was like right in gwen's universe like her 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 the 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 depiction of her universe is almost uh almost changes by her mental state by her mood um frame to frame like she would be in like blues and pinks and then all of a sudden it would be it would be bright whites you know 
yeah. um, and things like that, you know, from, from shot to shot. So, you know, I think it's just really cool. And um, I don't want to put all, I won't, I won't heap all the credit at their feet, but you know, this is again, Chris Miller, Phil Lord as the producers and writers and whether it was the Lego movie or um, Mitchell's in the machines or, or whatever, these guys just have a really adventurous way of doing things in terms of animation. So, right. Yeah. You definitely can credit, credit their directing, but it's very, it's also very true that like just the whole team behind these movies is incredible because as, as great as Lord and Miller are directing, you know, they weren't the ones that animated this movie. There was a whole team of animators and they knocked it out of the park. It's like every team knocked it out of the park, at least from the angle of a viewer. I felt like there wasn't really much missing here. Um, it's cool that this uh, franchise is doing the most experimentation with animation, like in the mainstream right now. It's cool For to sure. see it. It's cool to see For sure. it. Um, Even like, I love how they do a, I'll call it like a little interstitial, like a little segue. They would segue some universes with literally the cover of a comic book. Yeah. And then go into that comic book style. Cause you know, even comic books, have varying styles of animation. It's very true. Which was, yeah, it's just fun. They keep finding it, new ways. It, it's true, and it makes it, you know, like you know, you could call it like you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's them giving that giving you like an excuse for why everything looks different. But like, yep. it's like it just totally, it just feels cool, you know. Just like when you see that new comic book plop down, and it's like, here, let's go into this one now. Um, similarly, um. There is uh oh gosh, what did you say? Uh, you said the comic books, but also there's little pop-ups. Like, you know, there would be little yes. inserts that would pop yes. up that would tell you information somewhere like in the screen. Comic book. And I couldn't read those fast enough. There'd Some of like, them were, yeah. You, know, you can this is gonna be one of those movies where when it comes out on digital, you pause it and read it. Cause yeah, there's a point where Miles is in HQ and there's just little pop-ups for a bunch of different spider people. <laughs> you know, like I can't yes. even keep up with them all. Yes. Uh what did you think about the performances in this one? Oh, that's perfect. That's exactly what I wanted to talk about next. Perfect. Um, so, uh, you know, the returning cast did mm -hmm. excellent. Um, whether it was Shamik Moore, Hallie Steinfeld, she got a, she. I won't say she got more to do. She was. I mean, she had a lot to do in the first one, but we got to see her world, and so that meant you get to hear more from her and see. Yep. Uh, and I, I thought she killed it. Um, I thought that, um, the Brian Tyree Henry and Luna Lauren Velez who play mm -hmm. uh, Miles's parents, I thought they were really great in this one. Um, I don't think this is a spoiler. Jason Schwartzman was cracking me up through this right, whole correct. movie. Yes. As, a, as the spot. He plays the spot who is more or less the, the main villain in this movie. Mm. And he's so... Yeah, he's hilarious, but also teetering on unhinged. Yes. And you're like, okay, he's actually at times, I thought, okay, he's actually kind of scary for an animated, you know, Spider-Man villain. Especially for a character that doesn't have like a face. There's no right. emotion he's, on his he's face. He's totally to goofy, but also you're, you definitely are concerned about him. <laughs> I mean, he definitely seems dangerous. Hilarious. Uh, uh, flirting with unhinged. I I don't want to be that guy, but that is Jason Schwartzman's whole vibe generally. Yeah, yeah. Like he's he nails yeah. that. Um, I remember watching him on uh, I think it was season two of Fargo, and that was kind of his vibe there too. Was he'd be really funny, and then you'd be like, oh, I'm kind of worried about about. I can't remember the character's name. I'm kind of worried about this guy. Um, yeah. and then, um, you know, uh, mild disappointment that there's not more Jake Johnson as Peter B. Parker, who was one of my favorite aspects of the first movie. Agreed. Um, can I can I confess something? I'm gonna confess something. Yeah, do it. I'm getting to the stage of my life where I relate more to my to to the parents than I do to the kids. Yeah, because whether it was whether it was Brian Tyree Henry or whether it was Peter B. Parker as new dad, I was like I was like ah. Oh, there's my guy, you know, uh, when I was young, I always thought of myself as like Peter Parker because yeah. I was this, you know, 15, 16 year old kid or whatever, 12 year old kid. So like Spider-Man, he's like, yeah, but now I'm like, oh man, you know, uncle Ben's right. Right. Yeah. You know? Um, or whoever it is, Jake Johnson does a great job playing a dad Spider-Man, you know, yes. 
just this because he he is like what you might expect uh an aging kind of i'm over at spider-man to be you know he's yeah. still got a dry sense of humor and funny uh, but he's also like you. You're just not reliable anymore, man. You're you're such a dad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're you. You know, are you gonna be there? Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, I'll but be also, there. You know, the, him dragging his his baby everywhere is also very funny. Yes. Um. So anyway, I could I could have done a little more. I'm hoping we're gonna get more of him in Beyond the Spider Verse. That's the that's the trade off I'll have to take. Um. But then, do you want to talk about some of the new people that we see in this movie? Yes. Like, let's lead off with Oscar Isaac. Everybody knows Oscar Isaac. Yes, and we won't spoil yes. that. Oscar Isaac appeared as Spider-Man 2099. Miguel O'Hara, mm -hmm. he was in, I think he was in a the post credit scene of the first one, right? We got introduced he was, him yeah. there. So yes, he was not a surprise. He We do learn more about him, uh, which is great for people like me who aren't super... I don't know much about the Spider-Man lore outside of the OG storyline of peter mm -hmm. parker bit by the radioactive spider i don't know who mm -hmm. miguel is um i don't know who most of the spider-men are outside of this peter is an and miles this is a great introduction to those characters i mean i i would say that you know people heard about when they create i think a lot of people heard about when they created miles morales uh yeah. you know in the comics yeah but reaching that second level of like people actually knowing I think the end of the Spider-Verse did an incredible job of introducing Miles Morales to the broader audience. Um, and then this does a great job of continuing that. And, and and you get to see the kind of like the more absurd levels of of, of Spider-Man. Some of these are based in the comics. Some of them are wholly new for this uh, for this movie. But yeah, um, my only real familiarity with Spider-Man 2099 is uh seeing his wikipedia article several years ago but then also playing um there was a spider-man video game i think called shattered dimensions yes that featured spider-man 2099 yeah. and so that was my introduction to uh to that character specifically um and but oscar isaac's great here you know the funny thing was like i had to remind myself midway through that it was oscar isaac you just get so used to I know. All of these different characters. There, after a while, you just you forget that you forget that they're even actors. I know this is a movie and a, and a franchise where they do a really good job of not like some of these people are really big names, but they do not feel like stunt casting. You know, Haley Steinfeld's an A-list actor. I don't notice it's her. I feel like she just blends into the character very well. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's also uh, a list of big names who play smaller roles, like you said, Oscar Isaac. Uh, we get a new Spider-Man who's played by Daniel Kaluuya. He's very big, uh, you know. So we haven't gotten to my favorites yet, but yeah. Even though this movie's got a strong cast, is not um, trolls level stunt casting. No, no, it's not. It's not, it's not Justin Timberlake and Anna Kendrick being smart. No, it's not. Whatever. It's not casting in such a way that like you're casting that voice and you're like. I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to say because like you know clearly Jake Johnson's not doing like a, a character voice. He he very much sounds like right. Jake Johnson. If you've well, it's it's his shtick now, right? Like yeah. it's basically his new girl character. He that's yeah. just who he is now. <laughs> but that's but 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 to your point, yeah, it's not quite the level of you know uh, Miles Morales played by Kevin Hart. Right, because like they 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 also don't use these names to sell the movie, which I appreciate too. That's true, uh, and then there are some that they could have done that with. They definitely could have. I want to get know? to. I want to get them when we get into spoilers. Are okay. we? Are we almost to spoiler territory? Um, I think we're almost there. Is there anything else you think we could discuss? Any other type of? Because yeah, we got. We're gonna have to talk about it. <laughs> um, well, let's talk about the overall impact this could have. Yeah. Not just the. Uh, not just for Spider Man, but for I think for uh maybe superhero films for animation i think you've already seen from into the spider-verse the knock-on effect because you look at mitchell versus the machines mm -hmm. you look at the new puss in boots mm -hmm. you look at uh the new ninja turtles yep they are all they're not copying i would say but they're all taking inspiration from that artistic style that that first end of the spider-verse had where it looks it kind of looks 2d animated mm -hmm. while still being three-dimensional it kind of has this weird hybrid, you know, three, 2.5D look to it. Um, 
And I think that's going to continue. What, what, what do you think? I hope so. And I think it could as well. The, I really like the experimentation with animation styles. Even if some of them were to come across as copycats, um, which I don't think, like you said, I don't think they really have yet. Um, they clearly seem more inspired by it, and that's fine. Because the animation format, at least in the in the blockbuster space, was getting kind of stale, I think, you know? Uh, once Pixar kind of popularized the, the three-dimensional bright colors, we've kind of been stuck with that for this in the last 20, 30 years almost. Mm. And so to get more, not just back to a type of 2D animation, which is still valuable, even in the world of computers when we can do more, I still really like a good 2D animation. When we can take it and make it blended with other things, love that. So I hope it continues. It at least shows why animation can be such a compelling format. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to look hyper-realistic. See uh, Disney live-action remakes, which are basically actually animated films for some reason. They don't have to be like that. They can Mm -hmm. still be animated and colorful and bright and crazy and uh, really blow people away. Yeah. I also think this is, I think this movie is going to mark a, uh, a new Spider-Man era. Uh, I think we are in the Shameik Moore era. I think Tom Holland's era has ended. Not, not saying he's not, not saying he's done. I'm just saying, I think far from home, Tom Holland peaked as his Spider-Man. And now the Shameik Moore Spider-Man will shine for a little while. And it's, it's kind of the natural culmination. Each Spider-Man actor has gone through it. And my prediction yeah. is that this is uh, Miles Morales's moment to be the next big, this is my Spider-Man. I mean, he's definitely off to a great start. Yep. And I think that this will resonate more with a lot of, with a lot of kids. Um, Poor uh, Andrew because... Garfield was the only one who didn't really get a moment. Didn't really. I mean, he. I think his moment was was getting into that first movie, you know, and that that second movie things just got so popular. He just down. was never beloved was, until it was too late. <laughs> he was really trapped by the fact that he was like there was never a chance that he was he was going to get to join the MCU, which at the time that was the big demand was why can't Spider Man be with the rest of the Marvel superheroes and yeah, and so that was a big struggle. And you know, we all said that, that Sony was crazy. Because they were like, we'll just create our own cinematic universe using exclusively what belongs to the Spider-Man property. And we were like, that can't work. And it really didn't work live action, but it does work in animation. Because it that has is worked very well in animation. And damn it if it hasn't accidentally worked a couple times in live action. I mean, Venom is somehow a hit, you know? Mm-hmm. Morbius, no. Um... The two Garfield Spider-Men, eh, I don't know if they were really hits or not. The first one maybe was a tiny one, but yeah, I, and I don't see the future going well for it. No, the well, live I mean, action. We'll, we'll see what happens. You know, I mean, they've they've at we'll least see how many off. more Tom Holland appearances they have left. Yeah, I'm thinking really he, sure. he he probably does at least one more at a minimum yeah uh, i'm expecting a full potential you know and beyond the spider-verse i'm expecting a full potential tom holland spider-man appearance because he is he is this isn't this was an a trailer so this isn't a spoiler either but he was directly referenced in this movie and then also directly shown in this movie correct so, i mean uh, that is the thing that's true is that even though it's animated these spider-men do share the same universe as tom holland Yes, broadly. Not the same. MCU, but just like Tom Holland's corner of it. Yes, you know, so it's... Um, now, my, my other hope is that, from a, from, a, from a different perspective, is that Disney looks at this and says, you know, why don't we make some animated Marvel movies? Because, I hope like, they do. It's a completely viable option, and I, I can't believe that we are... When did, they, when did they buy? They bought Marvel in 2009, 2010, something like something that. Something like that. That we could be 13 years in and we've gotten one animated Marvel movie, really. We got Big Hero 6, which is a great mm-hmm. movie. If you've never watched Big Hero 6, check it out. Um, And we've got the What If series, but I don't think the What If series is the full potential of what Disney and Marvel could really do if they collaborated on a story. Now, I don't know what I would pick um, <clears throat> for them to do, 
but Disney has the has the history and the prestige of being one of the great animation studios, uh, as does Pixar. So why wouldn't they try? Sony Animation has done it. Sony Animation is not known for being the greatest animation studios of all time. They didn't even have one, I think, until 2009. So why wouldn't Disney look at Spider-Verse 1 and 2, and then next year would be on the Spider-Verse, and say, why don't we try that? Why don't we try to make it an animated Marvel movie? You know, They've got a, a whole slew of characters. It doesn't have to be in the MCU. I don't care about that. Give me a non MCU. Give me a multiverse movie. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, get, get, it doesn't. It does. Yeah, give me something else. It doesn't even. I mean, give me a. Give me a non MCU, different take on. Uh, Captain America. I was. I. I was gonna say the Hulk, but I was like, I don't know if the Hulk really fits Disney's overall aesthetic. But you know, um, you know, or or uh, you know, they got plenty of characters they could do it with. They I can't, got plenty I'll, I'll of characters sudden, to work with. I can't. I can't fantasy write it right in this right this moment. But yeah. that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that you know that they look at it or Marvel Studios looks at it and says, why don't we? Why don't we expand what we're what we're really trying to do? I would like to see them attempt a a a, a big wide scale animated Marvel movie. Uh, not not a Disney Plus joint like they have like that's where they've been throwing all the animation and I know there's mm-hmm. there's several you know there's a handful of several Marvel shows for little for little kids where mm-hmm. that are animated but like you said what if is basically the only one for uh, all ages and adults mm-hmm. so I would love to see that okay let's talk about spoilers let's do it let's do switch it switch gears. Okay, warning to all, this half of the show is going to be spoiler-filled. So if you have not seen Across the Spider-Verse yet, go ahead and turn off the podcast now. So, yeah, let's this, go. Is what I, <laughs> this is what I thought when I, as I was leaving. I was like, I got to find a way to describe what this movie is for at least a portion of it. And it's like looking for Easter eggs in an Easter egg factory. Like, it is so much stuff. I mean, even someone who's even like, I would say even like an avid Spider-Man fan, it's an overwhelming amount of references, of in-jokes, of uh, little asides, uh, full characters, story arcs, all that stuff. Um, I feel like it's got to be the dream movie for the ultimate Spider-Man fan. I mean, it's it's... It I think everything. I can say this. It is better than the Spider-Verse comic, the, the comic book storyline called Spider-Verse. It's oh, okay. much better. Wow. I mean, because uh, it well, because one, this has a lot more heart. I mean, just at, at its core with the Miles Morales storyline, with um, with with now Gwen's storyline within this whole story, within this whole thing. So like it's, you know, uh, between the first one and this one, it's 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 better and um it it had like the characterizations are really funny because you know if 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 marvel if marvel studios was doing this right i could see fans being like oh they totally got xyz wrong but because it's because it's the people who made the lego movie that the tongue is so far in cheek with some of them it's hilarious um i mean one of the universes is a lego universe it's just yeah well, the lego universe was awesome yes um that got that got a very fun reaction in my audience mine as well um, yeah so did the venom universe yes like, spot pokes his head out in the venom universe i believe and yes there was literally three dudes in the bottom of my uh theater going no way whoa hey. I was like all right that's a bit a we've bit established that people much. love venom for some reason uh, I, I saw know. it and it was, so the lady in that she's like a cashier at a convenience store she's like venom's buddy so she's well aware of venom so that's why that's the joke i guess <laughs> oh it's not the spot it's not is special. nothing to her <laughs> um but um andy samberg plays yeah. ben, ben riley uh spider-man ben riley and they play it so hilarious because ben riley is a character in this in this within the, the, the pantheon of spider-man who is like has the 
worst life <laughs> the worst life it is so dramatic he is a he is a soap opera spider-man in every sense of the word so when and have andy samford playing him like oh i'm just so conflicted about my past or something like that and he goes oh that was an awful memory you know and stuff like that and he's just playing it so so over the top i was laughing to myself because I was, I was alone laughing to myself um because that's every like it just like nailed him in a comedic way, not nailed him in like a like an over like like a dramatic interpretation would have been probably just as funny if they were playing it straight because it's because he's such an uh, uh, put upon character. Mm -hmm. um, so Andy Samberg's hilarious. Um, my favorite new Spider-Man character is the Spider-Man cowboy called Web Slinger. Spider-Man Cowboy is very good and and his uh, horse, which he shares a rider sense with. <laughs> it's true i found that i found that 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 um i found that uh panel uh yeah. earlier today or yesterday i can't remember what it was but yeah they say they make the same joke in the movie miles asks him why does your horse wear a mask and he's like so no one recognizes him um spider web slinger as he's known is uh voiced by taron killam which i did not know at the time but oh after, i did not know that either you're going home i was like yes perfect that makes it all the better that that is pretty good um I there's a lot of quick glances of Spider-Man I liked. Um, well, I, I think my most what the WTF one was T-Rex Spider-Man. I don't know what his story is. <laughs> yeah. Also, though, RC car Spider-Man. Yes. I say that he was a full blown car, but yeah, he was anthropomorphic cars universe Spider-Man. Yes. Uh, his uh, name is a uh, Peter Parked car. Peter Parked car <laughs> was really good. Um, I, I, not a joke one. I did actually love Daniel Kaluuya as Spider-Punk. He was yes. oozing with coolness mm -hmm. uh, and also just played a really cool kind of background role and played yes, my, a couple pivotal moments. My only issue with Spider-Punk is how many times I'm going to have to watch this movie to get catch everything he says because he spoke so fast. He does speak and, fast so. and he's got a very, very thick accent. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm going to have to rewatch this. I was sitting in the theater going, I have to watch this one again. <laughs> completely missed most of that i mean subtitles for this one it's, um yeah he's great and he's a he's an underrated little little new character in this movie i mean maybe not underrated but like understated you know um we didn't really talk up how good he is and how pivotal his character actually ends up becoming right um one thing that i remember thinking after the after into the spider-verse was how are they going to keep making spider-man that i like because they had such a fun team at the end of that with mm -hmm. that Gwen and John Mulaney's Spider Pig, mm -hmm. and uh, you know I don't remember who else was in it, but oh, it was a uh, Chris uh, Nicholas Cage. That's right, Nicholas Cage is uh, Spider Man Noir. Yeah. So I was very pleased to see that they assembled another team of Spider Men that seemed just as cool. Which we kind of get it. We get a glimpse of at the end what is seemingly going to be uh, Spider Woman's team mm -hmm. to save Miles from his well we're in spoiler mode i guess i forgot yes we are. Uh, he he gets he gets dropped into the wrong universe uh the universe yes. where uh that peter parker didn't die and is spider-man and he never became it well right. allegedly it, yeah and and he was where i guess the alternate an alternate version of him was supposed to be bitten right right and instead because he wasn't bitten that spoiler spoiler alternate version of miles morales has become the prowler so there yes. he's going up against an evil version of himself now and like look um, let me tell you crazy i'm not gonna try to like hype it up too much or overplay it but those final moments were really cool in a movie theater yes. uh because yeah. they were the kind of mic drops and twists that just don't happen anymore um i yeah you know, you said earlier that you want to wait to really judge it until we see what the third one looks like. I totally get that. But man, there's nothing like the second movie in a franchise ending on a to be continued card. That's just like, yeah. we, I le we, all, we left pumped. We were like, yes, I can't wait to find out what happens. So many cool twists at the end of that movie. It was a real uh, Empire Strikes Back for Spider-Man. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and, and that's why... 
Um, and that's why, you know, uh, sometimes sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't, where a movie that's very clearly in the middle, very clearly a second movie within a series, um, it could be disappointing, you know, mm-hmm. to not have the real resolution yet. Um, and so that's why long term, I'm holding out. I'm holding right. out like hope for like, you know, because like if it ends and it ends kind of dumb, then I'm gonna be like, well, darn it. But right. I don't think it will. I think it's going to probably end incredibly no. No, and but, it's nice. The to be continued know. card is nice because it's te- it is at least an implied promise that mm-hmm. your questions will be answered. No, and um, I and I have no doubts. I um uh the best part about this was that or one of the best parts about this was that uh when that to be continued came up, I was like, okay, this is a good gr- this is a good place to stop. Like this is a great place to leave me for a little while. Yeah. Um, and because it'll kind of it'll it'll be like you said it'll be a chance to refocus you know Gwen's got a new team assembled uh 299's got his team uh we didn't talk much about Issa Rae as uh, as as uh, Spider-Woman yes Issa Rae Spider-Woman um she was good she was very important to the story um and she was uh uh she was solid she had a motorcycle that's mm-hmm. very cool and was very pregnant i don't know the storyline there very pregnant I have to um, look into her. Some um, other, some other little appearances, little cameos. Uh, we did get Insomniac's uh, video game Spider-Man. Uh, yes, Spider-Man for the PS4. My my, I took my nephew to the movie and he saw that and pointed it out. He was like, "PlayStation." <laughs> and uh, yes, and I was uh, I was very excited personally that we actually not only got uh, like a, a shot of him, we got a line, we got a spoken line. From the spectacular Spider-Man, which is a cartoon that ran in the late 09, 2010 era, uh-huh. um, where Josh Keaton, voice actor Josh Keaton, played Spider-Man. Great two-season series. It's from Greg Wiseman, this, the guy who made Gargoyles and Young Justice. Pretty much uh, this guy, Greg Wiseman. If you're not familiar with with the uh, with uh, kids animation, is a guy who puts out banger two seasons and gets canceled. Like that's all he does. Um, because this stuff is is like it, it doesn't do well and it does it does great critically, but it doesn't do good enough in toy sales seemingly ever. But uh, yeah, so uh, he he steps forward when Miles is, is learning about the canon events, and uh, he sort of reassures Miles like, "Hey, it's you know sucks, but it's something we all have to go through." And I was like, "Spectacular Spider-Man!" <laughs> so I got to have my own geek out moment when he actually spoke fun. i just expected to see him in the background and like that's cool yeah but uh for him see, to say something was really neat that's a good easter egg for for fans at your level um because yeah. i would have never got that i'm not familiar with with it's I, it's on uh it's on disney plus now i believe okay uh, so if you ever get a chance it's a great two seasons i mean it's it's very digestible uh you know the episodes are only like 22 minutes each because it was made for television um so uh, it's got one of the best versions of the complexity of uh, of Peter and Gwen's relationship. And I'll just throw this out there as well. But it's one of those Spider-Man shows that nails the idea that, like, if things are good for Spider-Man, they're bad for Peter Parker. Mm. Like, every every good decision for Spider-Man is a bad decision for Peter Parker. And you just end up feeling so bad for him. You're just like, yeah, he saved the day, but he made, but he disappointed his aunt. And you're like, oh, you know. Yeah, there were great show. There were a lot of great reaction moments in in my theater. One of, one of the bigger ones and one of my favorites was when we got to see uh, real life Donald Glover. Yes, at Spider Man HQ. Uh, in, yes, seemingly captured as as um, I don't know, maybe his character from. The Tom Holland verse? I don't know. It's very, very possible that he is MCU Prowler uh, who fell into somebody else's universe for a little while. Right. Um, that was very cool. Um, you know, and we got, um, similarly, we got to see live action depictions, not appearances by, but depictions of Andrew Garfield, uh-huh. of Tobey Maguire, uh-huh. I believe, and Tom Holland. We got to see, you know, uh, sort of images of all of them. Yeah, uh-huh. this was in a part that I that I wanted to talk about in the spoiler zone, and you already kind of briefly mentioned it. But we we get this whole explanation of of the Spider Man canon, which mm-hmm. feels like a really meta moment mm-hmm. because it, it literally makes a web, and 
we're at one point watching this this spider web unfold of canon events of just Uncle Ben's dying or someone, yeah. you know, or the, equal, yeah. of equal or greater value. <laughs> yeah, the equivalent surrogate father, yes. And I kind of love this idea of challenging the sacred origin story, you know, mm -hmm. those, you know, their whole thing and this whole spider multidimensional team's mission is to keep the canon in order. And that includes Spider-Man must always lose someone of great importance. Mm -hmm. And Miles and Gwen's whole thing is like, why though? Yeah. And do you know that for a fact? And right. I love that because it, it, it made me think for a moment, oh, they might actually take this Spider-Man in a direction I don't see coming. <laughs> and yes. that's an exciting prospect. I love the idea of saying, yeah, I know Uncle Ben always dies, but what if he doesn't this time? Mm -hmm. This time yes, it would be his father. You know, well, and, and for, you know, the, the parallels are always uh, the, you know, it, it is, a, it's a fascinating idea because, it, yes, we are it fully, as Oscar Isaac is explaining it, you know, you're watching and you're just thinking to yourself, like, this is a complete deconstruction of the storytelling, you know, that we're, yes. we've been, we're watching and we've been used to for years. The parallels between alternate universe Spider-Man is both fascinating and comforting in a weird way. You know, it's like, yes, of course, I'm just going to make one up now. Of course, uh, you know, Spider-Punk's uncle was, you know, murdered by, you know, capitalists or whatever it is, you know, mm -hmm. and that's his part of, that's his canon. It's different contextually than normal Peter Parker, but it's still but comforting it's in that, it, you know, the yeah. same events will always mold Spider-Man. You know, you have this, you could have this similar discussion about Batman. It's like Batman's parents always must die. And like, it's the the death of Batman's parents that form the character. He can't be Batman without that, without that, that level of loss, right? Miles has already gone through part of his, his canon. And that's losing his uncle in the first movie. Um, he had his, his uncle taken away, uh, uh, played by Mahershala Ali. Mm -hmm. And so the other half of that is his dad and, Gwen's dad, who are captains as a police. And it's funny, funny, because as they're referencing it, I was like, oh, well, yeah, that's true. I was like watching it. I was like, I was like, you know, usually, you know, in most stories, it is Gwen Stacy's dad in some way. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in Spider Gwen's world, she's like, she's Spider Man and it's going to happen to her. Um, so, yeah, you know, it is a, you know, someone on TikTok said this. I, I, the, the, he comes up on my for you all the time, but I can't remember who it is, my, his name. But full credit, I'll, I'll figure it out at some point. I'll name him next week, maybe. I'll, I'll, put, him, I'll, I'll put him in there next week. But um, he said that in like, like a weird meta way, Miles is almost fighting for creative license to tell a different story, to not do the same thing that we've seen from other, from, you know, every other Peter Parker. And, you know, so that's, it, it's, it's really interesting and it's weird that we've gotten to this state in superhero storytelling on in film that we're just at a full-on meta level deconstruction of the whole thing like people have superhero fatigue and so do storytellers so the people telling the stories they're like let's really get down to the nitty-gritty of this you know it doesn't get more obvious when you say when you say oh the canon events yeah you know? yeah yeah, it's cool because it does show that like maybe the superhero fatigue doesn't have to be so because we can change it up. And mm -hmm. if that's the if that's what they're tinkering with, I'm excited about it. If uh, yeah, yeah, it's especially if they can get the audience, the general audience, and, and maybe not even the general audience, the hardcore fan to accept the idea that it's the character you know, but we're telling the story differently. That might expand things dramatically because one of the biggest complaints you always get after every superhero movie is it wasn't accurate to the character. You know, it wasn't accurate to the comics or it wasn't accurate to the source material, right? Mm -hmm. I want my comic book accurate, you know, uh, Spider Man suit or whatever it is, right? If this movie can manage to tell the, to, to like, you know, make people go, you know what? 
superheroes should be allowed to tell their own story and the, you know, or, or the carry, they should be able to tell something different and not just follow the same paths over and over and over again. That'd yeah. be huge. It would be, uh, I mean, another thread that they leave hanging in this one is that a, a can, another canon event is that Spider-Man and Gwen never work out, uh, for various mm-hmm. reasons. A lot of times she dies, <laughs> but it's established that they cannot be together because it's a canon event. But now we're like, okay, maybe maybe Miles' Spider-Man can have his parents and his girlfriend too. Mm-hmm. Just so make I, two cakes. It 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 makes the stakes higher for this potential finale. I don't know what they're really planning if it's just a trilogy or more, but yeah, it makes the stakes to the point where you go, okay, maybe it will go one way maybe it will go another way i don't know because now they've told us that what we've known doesn't have to be true um i think uh i think it's a real thinker it's a real thinker of a movie isn't it (laughs) you know um let's talk about i want to talk about two predictions all right let's make some predictions for beyond i can make i'm ready for that I predict that we will see a live action Shamik Moore as a Miles Morales in Beyond the Spider Verse. That's a cool guess. I'm hoping and I'm guessing. I'm like, that's my prediction. But if the I'm, movie I'm, just I'm, shifts into live action for like a scene or two, either that that would be or, so friggin' cool. <laughs> either that or or from a different universe, a different live action universe, just a yeah. Miles Morales appears that's Shamik Moore, you know? I think people would freak to see real life miles yeah i think they would too or and you know i'm not saying shamik has to be permanently always uh you know they can they can definitely cast anybody they want to can Haley steinfeld be on camera in a spider gwen costume when she's also an mcu (laughs) is that allowed no you know in an alternate universe yeah she's she's hawkeye yeah interesting well i hope that happens now what about you gosh i don't even know now because that is such a that was an out of the blue prediction for me. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't even have a prediction because I don't do know what's going to happen. I'll throw another one out there. I do okay. think that we will see not all. Of, I don't know if we'll see all of them, but I think with the bare minimum, we get live action Tom Holland uh, appearing with the animated characters. I could see that. Having already see seen that. Donald Glover, I feel like it's a simple. But they don't want to do that. They didn't want to do that here because it's like, why blow it all here? Right. Right. Um, interesting. Yeah, I think that'd be good. I mean, I think we're going to get... I kind of think this will be... Okay, I'm going to predict that this will be a trilogy. This will mm-hmm. be the last Spider-Verse movie. And they will then transition into spinoffs. We already know that they're doing a Spider-Woman spinoff. Mm-hmm. that's announced so i think that this will mark the end of the spider-verse and then we will get solo miles movies and yeah and gwen movies and i think that'd that's be really super cool. safe prediction i think that'd really really cool because like i mentioned earlier is that that first one does have a little bit more intimacy to it and here obviously there's so many spider people mm-hmm. that at times you can just like get lost in that many that many blue and red suits mm-hmm. um but I'm uh, hoping that Beyond the Spider Verse returns to that ter- returns a little bit to that 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 version we had in the first one, and then after that, like you said, wouldn't it be great if they did make another animated Spider Man film, and it was Miles Morales, but it was like a pretty straightforward. It's just Miles. We're not expecting eighty other Spider Men to show up. It's just Miles doing his own thing. Um, I think that'd be pretty neat. I also, feel, you know, I, I also predict that Beyond the Spider Verse will outgross both of the predecessors mm. and be mm. one of the highest grossing movies of the year. I think this cliffhanger will bring in a big opening week audience. I think you're right. And I think they, word, you know, I uh, think the good critical acclaim and audience word of mouth will hype this third movie up to the point where it's going to be one of the biggest movies of 24. They would, wouldn't it be crazy? So I don't even know what else is coming out, but it's going to be one of them. Wouldn't it be Crazy. I got to think about this for a second. Um, so you said you said Into the Spider Verse won the Academy Award for Best Animated Film. Is that is that right? I believe so. I hope I'm not wrong on uh, that. Correct me if I'm wrong. Let me double check that. 
Um, yes, it did. It won Best Animated Feature. Wouldn't it be wild if Across the Spider-Verse also wins Best Animated Feature? So you have the movie win and, a, and its sequel, which I don't think has ever happened with the animated that category. Huge. And then what if the third one does as well? What if all three movies win Best? Then you movie? have to you know stop. What? I think, yeah, because Toy Story didn't do that because they didn't have Best Animated until somewhere in the mid-2000s. So Toy Story, um, the, I don't even think Toy Story 3 won Best Animated. It may have, maybe I'm wrong about that. Toy Story 4 did. But like, yeah, so that might be the first time that like a, a, a trilogy has won Best Academy Award. And it's, Let me or, step or, you Academy one up. Award. Let me step you one up and be crazy. What if, because of it being nominated twice in a row, sequentially, which one could get included as Best Picture? Maybe this one. I'm not but, saying when. But, I'm just saying but, they'll give it, they'll throw it in there. But maybe maybe beyond that, maybe beyond the Spider Verse has a chance in that scenario. I mean, at that point, it, I'd be I I'd feel like guys, we kind of have to for the third one, right? If the first two did what, it, what was, like, <laughs> what was the what was the um, last animated film to be nominated Best Picture? Oh God, I don't know. Up, Any way to know maybe? that? Huh? Up. Has something uh, happened since Up? Probably. It would have to. I, maybe Toy Story 3? Oh, shoot. You're probably right. I don't think one's done it. I, I, don't, I'd be, I don't think one's done it since. Maybe How to Train Your Dragon 2? Toy Story 3 in 2010. So Beauty and the Beast, Up, and Toy Story 3 are the only animated films to be nominated for Best Picture. So Spider Verse, okay. if a Spider Verse movie were nominated, it would be the fourth, assuming that nothing else happens in them in between. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. We're probably well, clowning for talking that way, but I'm just saying. It seems I think it's within the realm of possibility. In the realm of possibility. You know what I'm saying? And, okay. And, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, we want to um, we want to switch up into opening weekend numbers. Let's do it. because yeah. they're huge. They're huge. And um, we're hitting that time point. Yes, and uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse uh, debuted uh, this weekend in June second of twenty twenty-three. Uh, it opened number one with one hundred and twenty point five million. That's still a rough estimate. Could go up. Probably will go up. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse opens number one with one hundred twenty point five million. Um, the number two spot dropping fifty-seven percent is the Little Mermaid, the live-action Little Mermaid. We reviewed that just last week. You can go check that out. My wife guest stars in that particular episode. Yes, um, that brought in forty point six. Number three, Josh, have you had a chance to see this? The Boogeyman. I assume not. I have not seen the Boogeyman yet, but I'm interested. Yes, that brought in twelve point three in its opening week. Guardians of the Galaxy falls to number four in its fifth weekend with ten point two. Um, so still moving along really solidly there. Yeah. Uh, Fast X is not moving as drops to number five with 9.2 million uh, in its third weekend. Uh, the thing about the Fast X, we've talked about this before with the Fast and Furious movies, is they're not necessarily huge in the U.S. They're not as right. big in the they're U.S. Huge but worldwide. Internationally, that movie has just crossed the 600 million mark. So, you know. It, the rest it, of the world knows, really loves them fast cars. It knows its audience. Here's a little detail for you. Uh, in week nine, Super Mario Brothers movie has finally fallen out of the top five to the number six spot. Um, so chugging it's along. been available to rent on demand for a few weeks now. It's true. Um, I think you still have to pay for it, but yeah, but it, yeah, so it's, you not, do, it's, you not, it's not, it's not, it's not free yet, but I saw you know, hey. on that note real quick, I, I was scrolling TikTok the other day and I saw a TikTok of a little boy performing peaches at his elementary school talent show. And those yeah. kids are still rabid for it. Oh yeah, no, they that is, um... and it was extremely cute because he was wearing a full Bowser costume, <laughs> and and he played the piano, and he was like an elementary school kid, and the kids are just sitting, you know, crisscross applesauce in the in the gym, just screaming, yeah. pages, pages. It's anyway. the it's the it's the we don't talk about Bruno of twenty twenty. Song of the summer, yeah. Um, uh, similarly, I didn't say this uh, when I, when I mentioned them, but you can also hear our review of Super Mario Brothers with our special guest uh, Arch, mm -hmm. as well as our review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. That's just a two-hander, just me and Josh. But oh man, what a great movie! But it's still good. Loving the summer so far. Yes, great summer. 
really welcome after the past couple of years of trying to come out of this pandemic slump. Oh, this true. has been a good year. It's going to be, yeah, 2023 is a year to remember. I can already feel it. Um, so uh, Into the Spider-Verse has also grossed $88 million overseas so far for a worldwide total of $208. Uh, with that $120 million opening, it is already almost caught up to the first Into the Spider-Verse. It's easy to remember that that movie being really big because of its cultural impact, its critical impact, but um, it only made 190 in the United States. Yeah, it had to build up. And only made about uh, 185 overseas for a worldwide total of 375. So across Spider-Verse is, I think, going to pass it very quickly um, on that level. For the year, um, Into the Spider-Verse is the second highest opening of the year, only behind Super Mario Brothers. It just edged out Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, so that's pretty huge. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, also, below that would be, you know, uh, Ant Man uh, into this Ant Man Quantum Mania. Those are your hundred million dollar openers this year. Um, it's it's rarefied air. It still is, and I think it always will be having an um, opening over one hundred million. Um, already though, you know, if this one twenty mark holds up, well, you know what? It, uh, even if it doesn't, uh, it's the Spider Verse is already the number seven movie of the year. It's already, already with its opening weekend, outgrossed Fast X in its. Uh, in, in the United States. Uh, so that's huge. Um, it's not far away from passing Creed 3. Um, I could definitely see it by the end of the movie being at least, or by the end of the year being at least the number two, number three movie. Um, so we'll see how it finishes. But yeah, that is your uh, that is your your box office recap. Uh, let's go to the letterbox, which, golly, this could be high. Yes, I, I think so. The word around the street has been quite high. Or into the spider or across the spider verse into the spider verse was quite high i went ahead and double checked it for us and that one was a 4.4 4. 4. Um, oh golly no, 4.4 is where into the spider verse settled that's like what goodfellas is I, I know right um so i've got some some of the most popular letterbox reviews for across the spider verse pulled up here i'm going to read some read some tidbits from it five stars one of the most overwhelming viewing experiences of my life Compounded yeah, by my that. inability to a uh, refusal to pee for about a hundred minutes. Uh, five stars. What an incredible treat this movie is. It's been several hours and I'm still beaming with joy. Five stars. After the movie, no one had any idea what to say. We all just stood around flabbergasted and overstimulated. Five stars. <laughs> Look out. Here comes the spider sweep. Uh, the whole first page is all five star reviews. I'm going to just. Right. Uh, that makes sense. And you should finally, see if there's any any low ones. Oh, I'll do that. Uh, one one last good one. Five stars. There was a scene in this which gave me full body goosebumps. Legitimately, cannot remember last time I got that from a movie. Oh, I can. I watched uh, I watched Interstellar the other week. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The the the, the low the, reviews are the also low good. reviews are boring. Okay. One star, the movie straight up ends halfway through. Yeah, it's called a cliffhanger, buddy. It's called a, it's the middle of the movie, man. Anyway, so that, that, that was banger after banger after banger. Oh, Josh, this a lot is of high tough. praise. I think it's going to be tough. Um, would you would you like to go first or would you like to, to go second? I'm going to go first, I think. And say four point six. That's exactly where I was going to go. Ah! Oh, man. So I either have to go above you or below you. So many ratings. So many ratings. I'm going to guess. I'm going to go even higher for now because it is brand new. Okay. 4.7. Is brand new. The movie already has 242,000 ratings, though. So it's, getting, it's getting seen. Um, we, have a, we have a direct hit. This time, but unfortunately, it's you again. <laughs> Four point seven is where this movie. Yeah, you have the trophy for a reason. Uh, Four point seven is is uh, extremely high. Extremely high, especially to already have nearly a quarter of a million ratings. So I wonder, you know, typically they lower a little bit. Yeah, well, how much you know. could it really lower? I, at Four point seven, I don't think it'll dip below four point four. You know, we should really, um, we should really, you know, maybe in my, uh, golly, my light got all blown out. Um, maybe, um, you know, last year I did our letter, I did our, our so many sequels stacked. Maybe this year, one of the things I'll do is I will 
check to see if the letterbox ratings for new movies we did uh are still where they were when we saw the movie. Ah, maybe I'll maybe I'll look into that because it would be interesting to see even if like I don't think Guardians 3 has moved much since we saw it and that was the opening weekend number. Yeah. Um but it would be interesting to see like where Mario is, where John Wick chapter 4 is, those kind of things and see where mm-hmm. they are by the end of 2023. So yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll have to write that down and try to remember that. Um okay. It's our turn. Josh, I was gonna give this a four and a half. Okay. Um, based on, I think that that first reviewer nailed it. Like it was overwhelming at times. Just how much stuff's on the screen, the little tiny little like we talked about those little pop ups, those little boxes pop up. Couldn't read them fast enough. Um, and I had my my thing about like you know I don't know the resolution. You know I'm kind of left wanting more. You know, and I feel like a movie leaves you wanting more sometimes, you know, that can knock off half a star. But I've genuinely enjoyed this conversation so much, and I hadn't really got, I really hadn't, because because I saw it by myself. Mm-hmm. I, I did not have the opportunity to talk about the canon event stuff yet with anybody. Yeah. Me neither. It's going to sound basic, but the, your option here, your option here is either sounding basic or it's being Mr. Contrarian. Right. Um, so I'm just going to call. I'm gonna, I, I, you've talked me up to a five. Woo! It's not often I get to talk you up to something, uh, yes. I feel like. Uh, I'm, I'm also going to embrace the basic, and I think it's a five-star movie. I had a great time. Mm-hmm. I was fully engaged. I, I, don't, I don't have any real knocks on it. It was... As good a movie experience as I could have asked for, especially for a sequel, you know, which is what this show is founded on. Exactly. You know, it is. Yeah. So many sequels back back at it again. Yeah. Um, maybe and before we'll be back in March 24 for Beyond the Spider-Verse. I was going to say, maybe before Beyond the Spider-Verse, we'll go back and we'll, we'll do a proper review of End of the Spider-Verse because I don't think we did one. Um, uh, so yeah, maybe, maybe maybe in preparation, we'll go back and we'll we'll watch that. Maybe um, so. But that's a year. we got a year to figure that out. So. <laughs> But um, when does the next one come out? March, March 2024. Oh, perfect. My birth month. Yeah. Yeah. Celebrating all, celebrating all. Kicking off summer movie season early. Oh, yeah. Oh. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's our show. Thank you for joining us for a discussion of Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. You can find us online at so many sequels.com where you'll find links to our social media accounts where we definitely want you to follow us and interact with us. If you subscribe to our Patreon, you can join our Discord and hang out with us there where we talk about the movies we're watching for the show as well as other things we're doing, other shows we're watching, other other movies, books, all kinds of stuff. So uh, go check that out, so sequels.com. And you can also go back and listen to um, our catalog of older episodes, see if there's any movies you want to hear us talk about. You can let us know on social media. All right, bye.